Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. <laughs> I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. We're always driving to dance lessons. So we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams. The daring young man on the flying trapeze. Or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to 20%. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com slash knowyourdrive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Kaiju Curry House. My name is Alex. I am joined by Joe, Paul, and our very, very special guest, Mr. Lefty, King Richard, the left head of King Jidora, Richard Dalton. How are you doing? Hi there. Thanks, guys, for having me. I'm glad we can finally do this. No, thank you, and uh, thank you for your patience with my shocking um, audio issues this evening. Right, let's start ourselves off. Um, we normally have our phenomenally awful pun, what have Kaiju been up to? We'll start off with Paul. Paul, what I have, have Kaiju yeah. been up to after it's over, the festive period's over, what have you been up to? I have finally got hold of the Criterion Blu-ray collection of 15 shows. We're good to the films. Yeah, all three of us now. We now all own it. Yeah, I haven't opened it, um, so I haven't watched any of the films yet. I haven't had a chance to do that. I was surprised by the size. It's a beast, isn't it? It is a beast, yeah. (laughs) Have have you seen the Criterion Collection, Richard, for the original Godzilla movies? Um, Yes, I have seen it, uh, but I don't have it yet. Let's put that out there. It's okay. No, no, you're not, you're not judged, um, but it's okay. I mean, you're not really missing out. We're kind of a weird cult in the, that regard that will basically put it on the shelf and maybe watch the films once or twice ever, but just yeah. periodically go, ooh, I spent £135 on something I'm not going to watch. It's not like yeah. that. It's not like that. Ooh. So, no, obvi- not at all, obvi- obviously, these films are so popular. Everybody is constantly re-releasing them on DVD. That's sarcasm. Or Blu-ray. And, of course, Netflix always has them. Whenever they do come out, we buy them because you might not see it again. So, yeah. I mean, the, what, what are the chances of seeing it? I really wanted to watch Son of Godzilla, and I think it was about £100 on DVD just for that one yeah. film because it's so, so rare. So to get that and 14 other films for £150, a bit of a non-brainer, really. I had heard terrible things about Son of Godzilla before watching it, and actually, I was quite endeared with it. I it, like that. It has a good goofy. beginning. Have you seen it, Richard? Yeah, it's, yeah. I, honestly, to tell you, um, I'm not a. I wasn't a huge Godzilla fan growing up. I was more of an Ultraman fan. So, oh, okay. Wah! 
This is great. Yeah, I, need, I needed a hero, you know, as a young child. So Ultraman was was something that I looked up to and, and would watch. So and I wasn't here really. Here you are, the nemesis. Ultimate villain, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it takes okay. all sorts. This is a safe space for villains and for heroes. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, anything Kaiju goes. Why don't you uh, do a carousel and ask someone else what they've been up to? Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? So I can't safely say that I've watched any films. I have not purchased anything new, but I have done that most important of fan things. I have introduced someone new to Godzilla. Oh, well done. There, yeah, there is a little buddy, um, and he got his first Godzilla figure from me, and he fell absolutely in love with it, apparently. Uh, it's a Shin Godzilla figure, so I, I, be, I was really glad that he didn't get creeped out. Richard, yeah, that's have you, have quite you, a scary one to Have you seen, do you know yeah. it's Shin Godzilla? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Anyways, um, he didn't know what Godzilla was, so I was like, oh, okay, here you go. Then I had the little Bandai one, like, okay, here you can have this. And of course, absolutely enamored. It was a dinosaur, but it was a monster. It looked cool, so... Now someone's obsessing, and I have passed on that interest, so I have done my bit. How old was he? He is under 10. I don't want to give away any identities. Uh-huh. A, y- okay. a youngling. A youngling. A youngling. Yeah. 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 That's our responsibility. I kind of did the same thing to my um, to my godson. I gave him a Ghidorah figure, and he, he won't put it down. Ghidorah's a special thing because it's a dragon plus, you know? and yeah. The color Dragon is quite. <laughs> I know, but the color is quite striking. I mean, I have never seen another gold dragon. Actually, I take that back. D and D has a gold dragon, but they don't have three heads. And then The Witcher, um, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, spoiler, sorry, but that has a dragon in it, and it is mm-hmm. golden. Although not nearly as epic as Ghidorah, but uh, it it is a cool thing for like an under ten to receive a Ghidorah figure or just like any monster figure. They're like, oh, this is great. I keep coming back to it, but, like, I've, I've got permission from said parent. Um, my, my cousin, the one who's got the Doctor Who Museum, his little boy, um, I think it's truly wonderful that whilst he doesn't say many words, he can say King Ghidorah, just about, <laughs> and he runs around making atomic breath noises, pushing over tables, screaming, and doing noises, and, like, <laughs> that that's wonderful and you know he he sat through godzilla versus megalon he rated it as a film oh. that's like a saturday night for me <laughs> <laughs> see i thought you were going to say earlier joe when you said that you know you've done the one thing that all good fans should do it's going online in the comments section telling everyone why they're wrong like you say something like that <laughs> nah nah i don't do that i do not do that and if no. i would be a troll I know the right fandom to do that with. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are a better breed of fan than Star we are not- Wars, I no, feel. No, 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 no. They might listen what? to this. Don't say that. All right. So, thank you for asking. Rich, what have Kaiju been up to? For me... I was lucky enough to be invited to my nephew's um, economics class in Toledo, what? Ohio. <laughs> they had yeah. career day, 
And oh, okay. so they pulled the celebrity card. My uncle is King Ghidorah, and they've been listening to doctors and lawyers all through the week talk about their business. So they're, they're like, we're bringing in King Ghidorah. So I came in, and I did a presentation on motion capture and uh, King Ghidorah for his class. So he is the um, the new uh, hero of the school. He is the all-star. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. the cool kid now. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. I came in and um, I, I basically talked about the film that I talked about motion capture and the work that I do. And I got all the kids, you know, and these are like 13, 14 year old boys to stand up and pretend to be zombies. And I lost total control of the class. It was amazing. Cause once you let these boys, well, once, once down, people become zombies, you generally lose control. It was awesome. <laughs> That's Just so, oh, so cool. So were there any other parents or, you know, like, were there any other like would be cool job people in the room while you did this? Uh, well, the teacher had more fun than they did listening to my stories, and there were there were a couple adults in there, and they they were like, "This is insane," but it it was really like a really fun experience that I could share with. Did my... anybody come after you? Were there any like job they people after, after you? No, all the boys went after scaring the girls. So there was a lot of growling and a lot of screaming. No, no, no. What I what I mean, not not the zombies, but I mean, did any parents have to talk about their job after you? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, good, good. That was all right. right. Yes. Say for them. Go, I you know, and they ruled the weekend, so it was pretty cool. That is so, so cool. Yeah, that's what I was up to. So, Alex, what can Kaiju been up to? Spot on. Nailed it in one. Well done. Well, um, just like being the parent after you on that career day, I now kind of have a bit of an anticlimax after your fantastic story. <laughs> I suffered the utter mess that is the film Deep Rising. That was the film that I watched recently. And my lord, what a cool monster. But what a shocking, shocking film. Good times forever! <laughs> Something here, sir. I've never seen anything like this. It's a malfunction, sir. That's impossible. Where are they coming from? I don't know, sir, but whatever it is, it's uh big. Um, I mean like Paul, you're laughing thinking I loved it. It was fun. No, no, it was I, a that I was I'm not gonna say fantastic, but I think, movie back I, think in the I had day. fun. That was the cover yeah. of Cinefax. Yeah, back in the day. Right? Oh. I I don't know, it was an entire cast of people that I thought, I hope you die. I hope you die. Wow. Yeah, no, I, remember, I went there. I, I actually had the Cinefax magazine with the, that with the Deep Rising in it. Mm. And apparently the one thing that uh, really brought that out, it was a CGI and puppet creature. One of the things that they found really hard with that creature, which you have to give them credence to. Yeah. They CGI, or relatively. And uh, those tentacles, if you're when they open up, they uh, they have a lot of texture to them, but it's also slimy. Mm. So what I remember reading, like the thing that I took away from the article, was that they had that, you know, because slime will catch light a certain way. So they had to do that dancing light or that reflective quality on this yeah. slimy creature with varying textures and everything in early days CGI. And that was quite an achievement then because you had uh, Terminator 2 with, like, the amorphous um, metal guy. Oh, and, yes, the, the liquid metal look. Yeah, and that was a yeah. relatively easy thing to project, you know, the firelight onto, but 
the tentacles. That was a toughie. Mm. So I, I was, I'll always remember that, but I, I mean, I will agree with you there. It is not the best move for character development. I don't mean to sound like a wuss, but this is starting to freak me out, man. I vote we leave. Who votes we leave? But um, to be fair, most of them die. Yeah, oh yeah, no. Within it's, 20 minutes. They, they so. it, anyway. it felt like... Aliens Light, it was sort of a bunch of marine-type characters, lots of force banter of, we're the bad guys, we're going to go in there kick-ass, and you're like, you're all going to die, and I don't like any of you. And then the monster came on, it's like, yeah, I'm rooting for the monster. So, I, I did I enjoy Deep Rising? No, I did not. Um, and that is where I'm going to end our introduction. Mr. Dalton. Yeah. From what I know, you um you have been in the business for over nineteen years now. You must be approaching your twentieth anniversary. And is that, have I got that right? Yep. In June will be in my June. twenty year twenty years of motion capture. Wonderful. And you enter the business intending to go into stunt work? Have I got that right? Yes. Um, um I grew yeah, I grew up in DC, did a lot of uh theater and things like that. And then uh, I started stunt coordinating for a show we have here called America's Most Wanted, where um, we track, they, oh, they yeah. basically track down uh, <laughs> criminals and they, you know, John Walsh reenacts, we reenact uh, some of the events that happened. And I was working on that show and I was like, I was stunt coordinating for them. And I was like, I got to go to Hollywood because I want to be a the show I've seen that they have. This is awesome. <laughs> it's one of the greatest shows. That's ever. so cool. We were able to capture, you know, Catch some bad guys, some real bad guys. Real, so, real villains. Yeah. That is cool. So As opposed I, to the pantomime villains that you play. Yeah. Well, what was really, what's working on that show was great because I did a lot of car stuff, you know, a lot of car chases and then some fight stuff. Um, and it would be like bittersweet because you would get a story about somebody who hurt somebody and, you know, killed mm-hmm. somebody. And you're trying to get this episode out to catch them. Um, but because I, I was working on the show, if they had to keep replaying the episode because they haven't caught the guy, you know, I would get a residual check. So you're like, I'm getting paid residual money, but that means they haven't caught the guy because they keep replaying it. And you're like, I, I don't want the residual check. I just yeah. want you to catch, you know, this dude. To be um, fair, that's a really interesting way wow. of keeping track, you know, of like the people that, you know, that you, the, uh, you, you know who you caught. You could go back and look like, oh, I'm, not getting that one. What episode was that? that that's really that's a neat way of looking at it. <laughs> the same thing happened in the middle of shooting one of those episodes. Um, we were getting ready to. I was getting ready to crash a couple of cars. You know, you buy you buy old beaters. You kind of awesome. set them up so you can hit them. Um, and we were getting ready to crash a couple of cars, and we got a call from the office that said, "Don't do it. We just caught the guy, so we didn't have to um, finish <laughs> stunt so so they could save money." You, you know, see, you call you, it a stunt. Uh, Where I'm from, that's just a destruction derby. <laughs> People just do yeah. that. <laughs> there was you know, one so destruction derby. I, I was know. sorry to... I just got to tell this story. It was really funny, but there was a destruction derby that we went to, and it was my first one, and there were five civics versus a school bus, <laughs> which is great. The school bus, The school bus reversed... And the back end, because there's that overhang in the American school buses, because they're so long, it completely sheared off the top of one of the Civics. 
And the whole crowd was like, <gasps> and then it went forward because everybody was like, go forward, go forward. And then like you see like it, it's almost like a groundhog. This head pops up and then this head looks around and waves. It was just like, oh my gosh. Oh, oh. But yeah, destruction derbies. They're great fun. These are the wonderful directions that our episodes go down, Richard. So thank you for being a part of it. Oh, oh yeah, gotta add, gotta in. Kids, don't do that at home. No. Cool things that I learned recently. Your first video game audition, correct me if I'm wrong, was Scooby-Doo Night of 100 Frights. That was it. I came in to audition, um, and I played Shaggy and all the villains in that game. <laughs> yes, of course. Nice. Have you seen all the new Shaggy videos and memes? Say that oh! again. Have you seen all the new <laughs> Joe, Joe. Oh, someone's come in. <laughs> yeah. See, like, you know how, you know how in the news uh, recently there's that there was that famous point oh, of uh, yeah, where the kids come in. I love that video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. The, the the famous video is like, what was the best news moment of the last decade when the yep. child comes through during a really, really important North Korea, South Korea debate. It's like, daddy, daddy. And that that's basically our podcast. <laughs> I know. He reaches back and he kind of just pushes her by the head. And then the, the little or the smaller baby comes in. Yeah. That was fantastic. It's the wholesome and genuine nature of our podcast. It's, it's, it's you know, it's organic. It's not higher level nerd it's meant to be fun and yet we're all, we are all parents here your success with scooby-doo night of a hundred frights it springboarded you on to row squadron 2 is that right with the darth vader um, oh fantastic yeah, what was really great about that was um because i played shaggy and i played all the different uh other villains in the game i played you know the alligator man the witch the old man the werewolf frankenstein um and basically my audition you were everyone yeah my audition for that game, uh, it came about because I just moved to L.A. and I wanted to do stunts. And the audition was at this famous motion capture house called House of Moves. And they had just worked on uh, Titanic. So a lot of the guys falling off the ship were motion captured, the stunt guys. So I was like, yeah, I want to go into that place and audition. And found out it was for Scooby-Doo. And the audition was you had to walk like Shaggy be a gorilla, be Frankenstein, run into a wall, and dance. And so um, I basically, I, I watched Nick at Night the night before, and I did screen grabs with my VCR and printed them out of, of some of the characters. I took that into the audition, and, and at that time, everybody auditioned with everybody in the same room. So I'm in this room of full of stunt people, and I'm, they're like, what are we here for? I don't know. And I said, I think we're doing this. So I shared all my information. And they came out and they went, who wants to go first? And everybody went, that guy does. So I did my audition and everybody copied me. Mm. So I booked the job. And because I did all the variety of those villains and and, um, House of Moves had their next job coming up and they said, we got a guy who can do everything. So they showed their client some of my footage. And the, the, the director of that shoot said, well, if he can do those characters, he can do the Darth Vader walk. So... I got Rogue Squadron, and I was the first person to mocap, I believe, Darth Vader in a video game. So That's awesome. Oh, You're hitting all wow. of my favorite characters. That is very cool. Yeah. Pretty, you know, and then from that, it just exploded. I just, House of Moves kept calling me back, and I kept getting more and more games. And so I was like, well, maybe I'm not going to be just a stuntman. I mean, maybe I can turn this 
gaming thing into a career because I was working more in games. Now all of a sudden I'm doing more motion capture than I would have on a film doing one or two stunts or something like that. And it just kind of exploded from there. So I just, I decided let's follow this path and see what happens. That's so cool that you were rogue squadron. I mean, I can't, I can't profess to say that I've played a lot of video games, but I spent hours on rogue squadron. That is, that is great. Yeah. the, The GameCube was pretty awesome when it came out and, then Rogue Squadron three, and then I got to play Han, and I got to play Luke, and I got to, you know, that, it was it was so much fun. I mean, I still, still remember the cheat code for the Millennium Falcon as Farm Boy. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, that's great. Use of it. It was the best brand. one. It could take and, and, um, fast. The cheat code for the ATST was chicken, I believe, or something like yes, that. And then was, you could just, you could was. move around. There oh. we go. We are derailing terribly. Let's take our first break and return where we will be talking more about not ATSTs and hopefully not being interrupted by family members. What's up, United Kingdom? Alan Maxson here, a.k.a. the right head of King Ghidorah from Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, If you are in Birmingham in August 8th, Go to Eventbrite and book your tickets for the return of KaijuCon. I personally will not be there, unfortunately. I'm so sad I can't attend. I wish I could. It's going to be a blast. But my friends over at UK Kaiju are going to be putting this event together. It's going to have everything to do with all giant monsters and creature cinema and everything you love about monster movies. Go to their page. Get a ticket. And go to KaijuCon. It's going to be so much fun. And post pictures. I want to see this. Since I won't be there, I want to see your videos and your pictures. Rock on, everybody. And welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. I'm Richard Dorton. Here talking with my new friends, Alex, Joseph, and Paul. Hello. Howdy there. Hello. You were telling us, Richard, about your work in the early days with video games, starting off with Scooby-Doo, Night of 100 Frights. That springboarded you on to your work with Darth Vader. Can I just say, guys, if you haven't already heard, this guy was the first motion capture... Motion capture... I can't even say I'm so excited. Someone else say it for me. Motion capture. The motion capture. Actor for Darth Vader in a video game. I've got a question for you. What is the difference between performance capture and motion capture? Okay, so it it has sort of evolved. Um, Everybody called it motion capture. Then when um, Polar Express came out, they started... uh, Tom Hanks, you know, he played the little boy, he played the conductor, he played Santa Claus. Um, They started recording, so motion capture was capturing your body um, you know, creating a 3D character and bringing it to life, puppeteering a 3D character. With performance capture, they started capturing faces and the voice and the body. So performance capture is pretty much full performance uh, from an actor. Like um, motion capture is the, the art, of, and I like to call it the art of Frankensteining, because you might capture my body doing something. You might capture another actor's voice as the character, and then you might capture another actor's face you know, miming to that voice. Okay. So you can find a character, you know, three different people can play the same character. All right. When so you get into I, performance capture. I have an example of this, I think. I watched a making of for a WWE wrestling video game. So what they did is they scanned the wrestler's face 
Yep. And then they had someone do the facial expressions so that that literally that, that facial skin would capture the facial expressions. They had the voice acting from the wrestler, and then they had other people do the mocap in the game. That I think is a great way to yeah. Performance capture really started. It, it got its. Uh, it started making its grounds when it started doing it in films. You know, you take uh, Andy Serkis, one of the best. You know, um, people to that represents motion capture or performance capture because they were recording his body, they were recording his voice, they were recording his face. Um, what's really interesting is I've been doing video games, and we were perfecting all of that uh, technology in between the movies. Like, if you look at Andy's career, you know, 2001 is, you know, Lord of the Rings. And then it's like not till 2005 is the next thing that happens, and then 2008. So those two- and three- and five-year breaks in between each movie, in the game industry, we were developing that technology. It's just mm. that when Hollywood of it you know you're like oh yeah i was i've been doing this just as long but i'm not a celebrity i don't get that kind of recognition and the technical animators who have been perfecting this technique you know it's um it kind of gets lost in the game world Uh, it's a different level of exposure isn't it but like there's also two forms of motion capture when it comes to like games because there's the in-game which are all the in-game moves that your characters do running jumping climbing fighting punching all of that, and then you have your cinematics, which are all your storytelling aspects of the game. So I might be doing the in-game and never be an actor in the cinematics, or if I'm lucky, I get to do both, you know, but most of the times, like, um, take Uncharted. I worked on Uncharted. So the actor who plays Nathan Drake, um, Nolan North, he's a great voice actor, great actor. He did the cinematics, but when it came to gameplay, I play his body. I do all the climbing, the jumping, the fighting, you know, as well as a couple other stunt people. So that's that Frankensteining process. But when it's all the cinematic uh, uh, scenes and all the storytelling, it's pretty much him doing the face and the body and the voice. And what does a typical day in the office look like for you? It's a very hard day. I mean, it's a long day because we get there before the client, say 8 a.m. we show up. We get suited up. You have to calibrate the system. And then it's uh, it's 10 to 12 hours of go, 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 go. Like for work, you're trying to capture 200 moves a day, you know, of, of fighting or imagine, you know, when you're doing uh, death hits. I get shot in the forehead, in the back of the head, this side, this side, shoulder, shoulder, chest, back, leg, leg, and I've got to fall down. And I've got to get thin. I have to get up. And then I have to do that with a pistol, with a rifle, with a shotgun, with a missile, with a chainsaw. So it's constant uh, physical. If you weren't sitting down, I'd ask you to get up and demonstrate a chainsaw. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would be an interesting one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I hope you are recording that. That was wonderful. And then very for the in-game stuff. And um, you're, you're doing, you might do three days of that in a row. So you're capturing six to 800 moves. So there's no downtime, really. You Lunch comes up, and you're, you're like, wow. oh, my God, I get to eat. And then they bring out a beautiful spread of food, and you're like, if I eat that, and I go back to falling down, I'm going to throw up. So oh. you're like, I can't eat too much, you know. And everybody else is having a great time with lunch, and you're like, oh, God. You know, it, 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 it's, it's hard, grueling work to be able to do the in-game stuff. 
um, cinematics wise, you know, a lot of the times too with this stuff, I don't know what I'm working on until I get to to the set. So you don't know that you're working. You show up and they're like, oh, guess what? You're playing Master Chief today. And you're like, well, this is a Halo game? Oh, my God. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, so you have to be really, really good at what you do. You have to have great imagination. You have to be able to work really fast, have good improv. Hopefully, you know, I, I tell all my students because I'm teaching now, you know, you've got to be a fanboy of and fangirl of these genres. You've got to know what a zombie is. You've got to know what, what a kaiju is. You've got to understand um, this genre because you don't know what you're going to play. You'll walk in on a job and they'll say, we didn't shoot this scene last week, so we're just going to pick it up with you two. Oh, and you're playing orcs right now. And you have to go, okay, do I know what an orc is? Or do your research? And we work really, really fast. There's not a lot of downtime in motion capture. So lots of chop and change, very physically active, presumably a certain amount of rough and tumble and physical injuries that are associated with the job. Yes, um, yeah. And the hard. I have a whole new yeah. appreciation for for gaming now because I've I've been looking at the list of games and I must have killed you so many times. It's, I, it's I, quite scary. That's my, that's my catchphrase. I tell people if you played a video game, probably killed me. Well, so I, was, I was looking to see if you've been in Left for Dead, Resident Evil, Halo Wars, um, God of War. You were Pyramid Head uh, in Homecoming. Massive games. Yeah, Pyramid, Pyramid Head. Oh, that really? Left 4 Dead, in, in actually in uh, Silent Hill Homecoming, I play Pyramid Head, and I play all the other creatures as well. So I help create the movement for, like, you know, Schism and all these other creepy, weird, you know, <laughs> creatures that chase you throughout the game. That That is, I'm really proud of that game because they brought me in and they let me help create movement for these new characters. Because oh, um, I was wondering, how much direction do you get? Or do they let you kind of go wild and just say, you know, do creepy and see what you throw at them you have an animation director who knows what they want they know what the moves they want but they really don't know how to direct actors you know i mean i uh, that's the beauty of where when hollywood started coming in and using motion capture all of a sudden we started getting directors finally telling us what to do when you have an animator who doesn't know how to talk to an actor he knows what he wants he knows you know they, they they know they have to get all these moves they don't know how to direct. Yeah. And that was the scary, you know, so you're like, can I self-direct? Can I help guide them down the road that I want, you know, that works best for me as an actor? So that's where I, I became really valuable. Um, and that's why I have my career is so long, because a lot of the people that I've worked with, they're like, they treat me as a collaborator. And then that that was really, really amazing. But now you now you get some good storytellers directing uh, video game cinematics and things like that, and that's why that's why that's why I think the technology and the storytelling in games have have really grown. I mean, you watch The Last of Us. That that game will make you cry. You know, those it has and, many and, times. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that's. <laughs> That's the beauty of, of having a good director and storyteller. And, and it's, you know, the physicalization and, like, playing creatures and monsters, you find somebody who can do it. That, like for Leopard Dead, I spent days beating on a punching bag, you know, attacking and diving into chain link fence <laughs> and stuff like that. And they just like, yeah, more, more, go for it, you know. And What was your favorite zombie, special zombie specifically, in Leopard Dead and Leopard Dead 2? What was your favorite creature? I love the boomer because uh, his size, just being able to create yeah. movement like 
originally when when that game was being made, that's when real time became a thing where basically I would get a drawing of a character and you look at it and you're like, okay, this is the drawing. This is the artist concept. This Can you bring it to life? Real time came along where they were able to put the animated character on top of my skeleton and then you could view it. And all of a sudden I'm, I could see I'm driving the character. So yeah. when it, the boomer, they, they were thinking about maybe getting a sumo wrestler, you mm-hmm. know, cause he's, Huge He's a and big then, lad. Like, yeah. Well, we can't <laughs> uh, can't get a mocap suit to fit somebody that big. And okay. how many sumo wrestlers do you know that are actors? Right. So, so I said, put drop his skin on me. Let me see if I can find his weight. Let me see if I can ah. how he moved. You know. And that was that was the beauty of. It. I was yeah. able to just like settle in him. <laughs> and figure out how he moved. And so to create something that is completely opposite of me, you know, and find the way. And they were like, that we, they tried, okay, let's see him run. And I'm like, Boomer doesn't run. He's, it would be comical. Right. But if you get the yeah. right, his move, I generated purely by breathing on how something that big, uh, 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 you know, breathes to help generate his movement. So that's the creative part of what I do that I love so much. It's that's the pure imagination, you know. So and it doesn't matter how how fast you run in that game, he's right there, right? You know, you, you turn around a corner and then <laughs> oh no, he's facing you. Whether it's versus mode or the main campaign, you turn around a corner and somewhere amongst the horde of zombies, that big guy pukes in you, and it's it's game over. <laughs> You know, they're all coming for you. That game was amazing because I played the heroes. I did all the movement for the heroes in that, and I played all the zombies. So, you know, it was it was fantastic. I, I call that, like, that's really my game. That showed yeah. off all of the, all my skills and the things that I've been working through my whole life to try to perform, you know, as a performer, that I got to play the heroes and I got to play the zombies. And and I helped, you know, I helped cast the the girl who played the witch was an amazing stunt woman, um, yes. Stephanie Chiba. And, and to, to see her sit and cry and freak you out, I mean... Yeah. That a- <laughs> and that's, that scream when she turns on you. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we move on to Godzilla King of the Monster, uh, monsters specifically, can you tell us about your work in training other people? Yes. So I've been doing this for, for now 19 years. Um, I decided it was time for me to give back. You know, when you hit 100 games or 100 projects, you know, I felt like, God, this, this business has been really great to me. It's been really, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it's paid my mortgage. It's given me um, something. I've made my, my dent in society. Like, I, I've touched pop culture. I've created some incredible characters. And I felt it was time for me to, to start teaching. Uh, the the MoCap Vaults reached out to me. And believe it or not, the MoCap Vaults is, my partner Oliver Hollis Lake and John Dower are based in the UK. So, oh, right. uh, so the MoCap Vaults, they they wanted to to expand and re- they they, were, they found out nobody was teaching motion capture performance capture in America. So when I hooked up with them, it just turned into be like the right thing. I was the right time. Same thing with the motion capture when I started. I was in the right place at the right time when it happened, mm. and I was at a point in my life where I was like, you know what? Yeah, I think I can start to teach now. That this is my way of giving back to the 
you know, to, to mocap because I'm not, I'm not a young 20 year old anymore who can, you know, get beat up and fall down all the time tell people it's not <laughs> down. It's the getting up fast. That's the hard part. Um, but I felt it was time for me to give back. And so I teach now and it's been four years since I've been teaching. And I'm proud to say that at least 50 of my students have gone on to work on AAA games, movies, TV, VR experiences, and that is so rewarding to me. How many people did you teach last year in 2019, roughly? I want to say, because I usually have uh, 12 to 15 people per class, Mm. and I, you know, we're kind of curriculum-based, but I want to (coughs) say, like, just going through my intro class would be new people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I want to say I've been through at least close to three to 500 people took classes with me this year, last year. So Wow, that is Pretty, impressive. <laughs> I mean, and it's great. I get texts all the time or emails of somebody like, I just booked my first job. Thank you so much, you know, or, or guess what I just worked on. And then I've been lucky enough to share the volume with some of my students on their first jobs because this transition into teaching has also helped me transition into coordinating casting and directing i'm now directing mocap as well that's so cool so do you have any like current oh, yeah. projects that you can like name drop or you know is Ooh. that kind of a secret secret thing that, <laughs> being <laughs> under the EPA, um i mean but i worked on the uh borderlands 3 was the last game i worked on oh cool okay and i nice. played slack in the in the two trailers that were the trailers that were out for e3 and the the final trailer that was released i played slack and I helped cast it. So I was able to put a couple of my students to play a couple of the characters in that. Um, but I've worked on two big movies, doing some pre-vis mocap work that um, I'm under NDA, can't talk about. And I've directed four new projects that I can't even talk about. One is One will be an amazing game, but probably won't be released for another three years. Um, okay. And then I'm working on... Okay. And I'm working on some AI stuff, which I feel like I am creating Skynet, which is kind of creepy, scary. Yeah. yeah, I saw you worked on Terminator, so, you know, okay. Um, I, I have to ask a question now. So, again, I'm not, I'm not the gamer in the group, but uh, a game that's in development for three years, just in my mind, you think, like, the technology or something, like, would pass by a concept, you know, if it took three years to develop. So when they're developing a game – um, did they bring you in at the last moment to do the motion capture or um, do your bit? Or is that something that happens early on in the game so they have your motion stored and then like they'll put the graphics on it later because whatever technology might have a better res- resolution or something? Like, how do, do you know how that side of it works? It's very, very different. Like, I, a game usually takes about two years to make. You know, where, so they're developing and they're, they're creating all the, the – um, environments and gameplay and what, what the puzzling is going to be. What happens if you go down this route versus this route? So the motion capture is pretty much happens later because they're still designing the characters. And it's once you've got the character design and you drop it on, because I, I have worked on where I, I, I did a character and then they went back and they changed the way he looked. So that was just an anime. You change the rig and you just replace it. But uh, for the most part, they're getting all the other parts of the game set up first. Gameplay is more important to to the development. So the motion capture, I will work three days on a game, and then six months later, I'll work one day 
And then two weeks later, I'll work mm. five days. So it's spread out throughout that two-year period of time. So, uh, you know, within that time, they may have discovered a new technology or a new something new may have come along to help push it forward. I mean, if you look at Unreal Engine and Unity right now, that you can capture in real time using that, that game software, you know, that has changed the way games are being made. It, everything is moving a lot faster. So in that process, you know, I, I just recently went back on a game I worked on and we reshot a whole new character. They were like, ah, we didn't like his design. His movement wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't cool enough. So let's recreate the character. They re, really recreated the character, gave him more attitude, gave him different weapons. And I just reshot him, you know, coming up with new things. So it, it's very fluid. The technology will change and probably make it better. One game I'm working on, we're, we're dealing with the movement in the game on how I think this is going to change gameplay for the future. Because it's, it's got, it's, the technology has made it easier for us to, to do certain things. So every, everything, every game is different. Triple A title, when you have, $200 million to spend versus an indie gamer company that's, yeah. you know, every, every little thing counts. So It's a slightly odd question, but you've told us about what a typical day can be like if there's such a thing as typical. And obviously, it's very physical, the very long days. How many of those days are you doing in a month, or does it grossly vary from month to month? It varies from month to month and year to year because wow. I'll, have a, I'll have a really great year you know, and, and be, and I can say I've worked on eight projects, you know, then I'll have a yeah. year where I'm like, I just worked on two and one was a trailer and it was only one day of shooting. I mean, it, 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 it does vary. Um, yeah. Wow. I, I do more than just, you know, I don't, I'm an actor. I don't want to say I'm just a mocap actor cause I can do film and TV and theater. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I also do a lot of production work. I just like working in the business. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm I, it is, it has to be my face out there the whole time. So I do a lot of action work behind the scenes. I can't imagine that any of our listeners who'd be hearing this would be saying, well, he's just an actor after all of the games that you've run through. <laughs> so I, I think the host tonight um, recording are kind of in awe. So thank you very much for what you've said so far. Let's take our second break and then let's focus specifically on Godzilla Kick of the Monsters. Thank you. Recently on the Heroes Podcast Network, Echo Station. Well, what's the main think... what's the main planet that Endor the forest moon of Endor? It's a moon, so it's there's a major planet, obviously. That it is the forest moon of Endor. Is Endor the actual planet then? See, th- isn't that confusing? <laughs> yes. Is it the forest moon of the planet Endor, or is it the forest moon called Endor? Kaiju Curry House. It got to the point where he started climbing the Empire State Building, and my mom is like, "He's not going to die, is he?" <laughs> oh no. My mom doesn't know shit about these films. But anyways, it was just like, Mom, this doesn't end well for Kong. And she's just like, I can't watch the rest of this. Turn it off. I'm like, you can't get to this point in Peter Jackson's King Kong two hours and like whatever many minutes later and not watch the end. Screen heroes. The nipples just were confusing to me because they just... (laughs) They just make no sense. That is our clip, by the way. Uh, uh, but I mean, male nipples are kind of confusing anyway. So. Right? Like, well, they serve true. zero that's purpose. True. Do you think that was the point he was trying to make? <laughs> it's a much deeper message, yes. Is Batman and Robin a heavily <laughs> An allegory? social allegory? Yeah. <laughs> Subscribe today at heroespodcast.com, Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Podcast Addict, and more. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch and you could save an average of $470 on your auto insurance. That's a lot of money in just a few minutes. With savings like that, you could be lounging on an impractical amount of ornate and overpriced throw pillows you bought for your couch. But you won't because you're better with money than that. That's why you're calling us in the first place. Call 1-888-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Based on average nationwide annual savings survey data, July to December 2020. Underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. Products not available in every state. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Kaiju Curry House, and we're going to start going over with Richard, our special guest, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, in which case he played Kevin, everybody's favorite left head of King Ghidorah. And, uh... Richard, just take us through that uh, experience. We spoke with Alan, uh, which you know, and he told us about you know the casting and how that was. Um, I'm sure you, know, you you've got quite a storied career, as we've learned. But um, can you just take us through if there was anything different or anything fun or any research for that that you were getting your bibbity bibbity bibbities just right for the role? So the 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 best part of of like doing uh, playing the left head at King Ghidorah and when it all came up, um, you know, Alan was one of my students going back to my teaching of my, the mocap faults, Alan, oh, the right way. head. So, so to be able to share that experience with one of my students that had been training with me was incredible. And I was, I was contacted by a motion supervisor named John Root, who's known in the industry, amazing guy. And he said, I have this project coming up. You know, we're thinking about mocapping it. Can you, you know, we were just throwing off some ideas and I, and I, and I first I thought, he wanted me to play all three heads, meaning play the center head and do some puppeteering or something in motion capture. So we are like, well, so I was kind of thinking about what kind of rigs we could build or do something like that. And then he came back and said, no, they, they're going to audition different actors for different things. Can you give me some recommendation? Then I got this call. We want you to come in and meet the, the team. And so I was ready for an audition. I was in sweatpants. I was in a T-shirt. I show up at legendary <laughs> thinking I'm going to be moving. And they walk you into the boardroom, this giant table, and they're like, sit down, and there's Michael and the VFX um, supervisors and, and a laptop. And they're like, sit down. We want to show you this and get get um, your opinion. And what, what do you think about this? And I'm like, you want me moving? You know what? And they're like, no. We know who you are. You have a reputation. You know, you know your work. So let's just talk about this. So, so I went into this meeting thinking it was going to audition, and it was they were asking my – advice and my opinion and what I thought about this and said, Oh, we want to give the different heads personality, different personalities. So they would show me a sequence and then I was, I would stand up and be like, ah, okay, I see him moving like this or they're like, sit down. Let's just talk. Cause I, cause it's not, it wasn't an audition. They wanted to see if I vibed with them and get my, you know, advice. And they're like, we want the left head to be the curious one. So before the whole Kevin thing happened, it was alpha head, center head, angry head, and curious head. And so um, I got the curious one because I was helping them, believe it or not, I was helping them submit actors for the angry head. 
So I had other actors sending in videos of them like, ah, screaming and yelling and doing, you know, angry faces. How many hours of that did you watch? <laughs> just a handful. It was just a handful. Like if the actors that, that, that auditioned, for them to know, it came down to like five actors, you know. And I, Alan was like, awesome. I mean, I, and, and it was it was just the timing was was right for everything. So I went in, I left that meeting and I immediately called my girlfriend and I said, this is the best meeting I've ever had in my life as an actor. I felt so respected. I felt like they cared. They knew my work. And I didn't audition. I had a I had a meeting like. Like I was, you know, Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe I'll do this movie or not. I'm just talking to these giant producers and the director. I, I just felt like so respected as an actor that I said, if I don't get the job, I don't care because I felt like I was treated like a human mm. being, you know, and not just a, not just a piece of meat. So it was, a, it was a great experience for me in that. And then you get the call. Yes, they want you to play the left head. And then you're, you start going, this is a major franchise. This is, and plus the footage they were showing me, the sequences they were showing me, I was going, this is, this is a summer blockbuster. This is going to be huge. You know, then as it goes on, you, you start thinking, oh, wow, 65 year history. I'm now part of this. I'm now playing King Ghidorah. Are you kidding me? You know? And so when they called us in for the first screening, that was the first time I met Jason. You know, six nine, and we're like, oh, okay, Is we know. Is that who's why the they gave him head. the center head? Yeah, there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. That was that decision making process. <laughs> and but his story is great because um, you know he had just done George the White Gorilla in Rampage. Yeah, I saw so, I saw yeah. some of that on social media. Cool. Yeah, and so he had auditioned for Michael for something else, so Michael remembered him, and so Michael put the call called him in. So we, we went to the screening at Legendary, and we sat in our order. Jason sat, you know, in the center. I sat on the left, and Alan sat on the right. We, they screened the movie for us with just previs and animation where King Ghidorah was going to be. So we could see where we would fit in into the movie. And we're sitting there going like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, this is so awesome. Oh my, and then, you know, it, it was incredible to just kind of see the, the, where the film was, was without us. And we knew the animation was coming next and we knew the mocap was going to happen so we knew exactly what we were going to do just by watching the film so we walked out of there going this is going to be a great this is going to be a great movie and to be part of that is you know it was incredible but um like i sat on that knowledge that the left head gets ripped off like for a year not able to tell anybody you know that that was going to happen because we saw to be fair it's the only head left yeah Hey, you I got that. You got that. You know, but when it happened in our first screening of it, when, when we see see him tear the head off, they were we were like, what? And I was going, oh, shit, I guess I'm done filming, you know, or that I'm not that's into the left head. And then they were like, wow, you get your head ripped off. We're watching it. Then we see the regeneration. And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm, I get more. You know, and and so just being part of that, um, it was incredible. So here's a question. Did Kevin get less curious after he got ripped off the first time? <laughs> Did he get more reserved? <laughs> was that was that input on your side? Kevin, the Kevin thing didn't happen until later 
after the movie and Twitter. Yeah, when, yeah, when, yeah. When, mm. Yeah, yeah. It well and truly blew up on Twitter. It's what hindsight can do, you can go back and watch it and be like, ah, so that's why Kevin did. But but actually, I felt like after the head got ripped off and I grew back, that I was a little bit more. I was a little bit more angrier, you know. And you can see it. We're more aggressive when I come back, and that now, I mean, we're gonna we're ready to fight. But the whole cre- uh, curious thing was so much fun because. There's three of us, and we had to. And the way uh, Michael explained it was, you know, he had he had a dog. He had he had three of the same breed of dog, and all three of them had different personalities. You know, he had the alpha dog, he had the lazy dog, and he had the hyper dog. And so when we were discussing, you know, in the meetings, he was like, giving them three different personality gives us a chance to play. You know, so it's just not all angry all the time and all attack. And I was happy to to play the curious one because it's very very different. You know, it it, it gave mm. it gave me a chance. You know, like to to lick the corpses and to sniff them out and like not just not you know not be angry. So it it, it was a great decision by the director. There's uh, a couple scenes where you stand out. Um, the licking the corpses is obviously one. I mean, you can't just normally lick a corpse in a movie and people wouldn't think you're weird, but, you know, you pulled it off quite well, so kudos there. But um, the uh, the other one where I, th- I really enjoyed the facial expression and the way that you're looking around, and um, it's right about at the very end of the movie where you know that Godzilla has gotten up and he is, and he is warmer and he is walking towards Ghidorah, but you don't see that. But Ghidorah has landed down on the ground, and Mama Bear, who has made very bad decisions throughout this film, is lying on her back, just looking at Ghidorah. And you hear like that rumble, and the other heads are, you know, just kind of still focused on the floor. But you, Lefty Kevin, you're like, I know what that is. <laughs> What's going on here? And you kind of, you kind of <laughs> do like, you kind of do like a nervous shift. Like, wait a second, <laughs> I remember this. But I thought that was a very great, very great tell because that that just shone out. Um, Alan obviously did a great job. You can you can, Ghidorah as a creature is aggressive, but Alan does a great job for that head. And then obviously uh, Jason knows the alpha, you know, like leader of the group. Fair enough. I'm glad they didn't do lazy because then you'd have like one wing flapping wildly and the other one just like too slow. He'd never get off the ground. But um, no, I, I really liked those two scenes. If I was going to pick any out, but, but I, I mean, what it was just very telling. It's like you know, natural behavior, just of curiosity. And the other one, you know, is just kind of, like it gives the character kind of more than an animal feel to like see that it might remember something or it might have like uh, a, a predisposed opinion of what's about to happen or along those lines. But I really did like that. I mean, for me, Jason's standout performance uh, would be like after. You know, you and Alan have been disintegrated, unfortunately. And um, he's just kind of there, like, you know, shuffling backwards. And you just see that one, like, looking around wildly. That, that's, that's great. I really enjoyed that. But, uh, no, I mean, it was really great just seeing that. I'm really glad that the, the directors decided to go with three different uh, actors because it gives a lot to the character. Ghidorah is three cre- – I mean, well, it's three minds, I guess you could say, but – it just adds a great depth. And when they announced that, it just made it all the more interesting. Like I was, I was really keen when they announced that because I'm like, oh, there's gonna be three different actors, three different personalities. I've never kind of seen that spin before. I mean, granted, they had 
just been, you know, like puppet heads on, on wires, you know, so there, there is a lot more to glean from the experience, not that we don't love practical effects here, but I just, it really was a fantastic film, and you guys added so much to that character. I think the 2019 version of Ghidorah is the definitive Ghidorah for a lot of people, myself included. Most definitely, because by having the three actors, my perception of it, Richard, is that the three actors have brought their three um, their three selves to that so, like looking through Alan Maxson's uh, trailer reel on on YouTube, a lot of his work has been around horror and the sort of really gnarly monsters ripping people to pieces. And that really comes through in his acting. And I don't know much about Jason, but obviously you've had a wealth of experience in various different roles in video games and you'll have brought that slant to it. Do you think there was a, a notable difference in the way you acted when you were on set together? You know, it it comes down to the director. It really was his decision. He watched all three of us. He was really involved. He would make sure, you know, that we that we kept our person. You know, once you're you're told this is your personality and you you you're guided in that direction, he let us, you know, he let us do our job, which was great. But he was very very specific in making sure that we we stayed within our you know our lane as our character. That and and he would find the moment. I mean, it's that. There's a great behind the scenes, you know, on the on the Blu-ray of creating Ghidorah. And I think they hit all those nice little points in what we did. People don't know, you know, the movie was done. It was a year later that we got brought into the mocap process. We shot for three days only. And then it was another year later before the release of the movie. So I couldn't remember everything that we did. Because it was like so fast. I just remember on the third day we were like, "We're done." Oh no, I don't. Want, I I want more. And then you know, six months go by, a year goes by. We go to the screening. I see the scene, like the scene where um, where Mothra, you know, webs us up against the building. I forgot that we had done that. You know, I was like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, we did that." You know, um, because for me, it was still the regeneration of the head was a major scene for me. Um, and, you know, and, and the attacking and the fighting. So and plus you, all of that work is a, is also attributed to all the animators and all the animators that did that did took our performance to keep the essence of us. But the animation in that is all of them. It's incredible. The animation work. So for us, it's a collaborative art. Um, I forgot some of the stuff we did because you're just going, going, going. And who knows? Could it have been a, if it was a bomb, you know, if it went straight to DVD, nobody would have recognized our work. But the fact that it was on the grand scale that it was, um, all the great actors that are in it, and, and the passion that Michael had for creating this movie, I think helped it. And and the fan love. It's it, I am so grateful for the fans uh, that have made this special for, for me, because... I've been doing this for 19 years and nobody knows. I said, I, I, I tell people this is my overnight success. It's only been 19 years I've been doing this that I finally get recognized <laughs> for doing something like this. And Alan, his first mocap job is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I'm like, you know, so. Well, he had um, a great teacher, right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you. Him, me, and Jason, we are friends now. We are brothers. We, if you could see our text chain you would die because we give each other so much uh, 
crap and tease each other. We yeah, are that's like fr- that's friendship. You, you know, you, yeah. you come for the coddles, but you stay for the abuse. You know, that's really that's any good friendship. He, <laughs> but, he messaged uh, me. He messaged me this morning saying that I have to tell you that I love the right head more than the left. Ah, you know, we have this thing when we sign autographs and stuff. That, that he, he would, Alan signs the right is always right, you know, and the better I, head, <laughs> uh, the left head is the best head, and uh, we have this, and of course, people love Kevin, and mm. that's been the most incredible experience of my life because, uh, you know, why would I get mad about that? Kevin is more popular than Godzilla. You know, people oh, love. He really was, yeah, yeah. Because that's one of our that's one of our group members' questions. Um, Stephen within UK Kaiju fans has asked, "What do you think of all the Kevin memes?" But I think we know the answer to that. I collect them because they're you collect them. They're so they're so great. I people send me artwork now, and and I love the Kevin memes um, because it's it shows the the love and the support from the community mm. and and the creativity. The creativity. Oh, it's there's this one Japanese artist sent uh, one of Kevin meme, and it's where the left head's tongue is stuck on the ice. And the other ones are like, come on, Kevin, you know? And for um, people listening to the podcast rather than watching this video, which hopefully will be on YouTube, Richard Dalton's even wearing a Kevin with a, a derpy face on the T-shirt right there for all the world to see. Trouble. I mean, this started it all. And and I reached out to Aaron, and, and, and I took this, and I printed it. I printed it on my own T-shirt. For the, one of the first conventions I went to, and I gave him the shout out, you know, because because I loved it. I mean, his he posted it. Sorry, Kevin, you know, and <laughs> and then I went and got it printed uh, just to wear it. And when I wore it at the convention, people were like, "Oh my God, it's Kevin!" You know, they went crazy. And then uh, he he posted on on Twitter, "Should I get this printed?" And I was like, "Hell yes!" And so he put it up on T Public, and people started buying it, and people. And I did, I did post on Twitter, like, show me your Kevin shirts. And people yes. just start loading, you know, that, that, um, that Twitter chain. I, I, it's been incredible. All right. So to give, to give everybody's favorite services due credit, could you please go over uh, the artist that has uh, so kindly illustrated Kevin and the other two Ghidorah heads? You know him? His name's Aaron? Aaron Dwyer, yes. Art. All right. So, could you spell that for us, please? D-W-E-Y-E-R. Yeah. Um, I have a question from Matthew. And he said, when seeing Godzilla King of the Monsters for the first time, with fully rendered Jodora, could you see your performance coming through in the picture? For the process of what we were doing, they were using our face, our faces, they were filming us, you know, with, with cameras and for facial recognition and facial, uh, so, that, so that the artist could take our, our reactions and our expressions and transfer them uh, you know, translated so that they could maintain our performance. The like you can see in the behind the scenes, we're all reacting very, very differently to depending on the scenario. I could definitely see my performance in it. Um, one of the things that happens when I'm working on video games, I get a lot of people will say, "Did you work on that game?" Because I recognize your, you know, I know how you stand. I have a very specific hero pose I hit. Yeah. You know, so yes, we could totally recognize our performance in it. And then we go, thank God for the animators who help enhance that. You know, that's the, it becomes the collaboration of everybody's work. But yes, I could see my performance and I can, I, I will say, oh, I remember doing that. Um, prime example is in the generation scene. Well, I'm 
growing back my head, uh, at one point, at one of the takes, I opened my eyes uh, a mm. little early. Michael screamed out, close your eyes, not yet. You know, he mm. wanted me to take my time and, and having the head, you know, you've got to grow back. You've got to, you've got to let all of the um, slime mm. uh, get pulled. Chase, and, you know, so you can see it in the timing. I can see it in, in when they decided to finally let me grow before I open my eyes. And the, the artists take that in consideration when they're working on it. So you see things like that, you know, and you can, you can definitely tell the difference when Alan's really pissed off, you know, on how they animated the face, that face. Like there's a great scene where all, where we're chasing, you know, her in the, in the truck and all three heads are coming right at the camera mm-hmm. and you can see the different expressions in, in us. And, and I think that stands out. That's really cool. I really wanted to actually ask you earlier in the podcast if when you were regrowing your head, if that was all you or, if you know, like there were animators that, you know, were helping with that. And it was really cool to like, like you just said, that was all you, you know, like when you were doing it. That is that was so cool. Yeah, because you're trying you're trying to you're trying to move and weave like the creek, the head growing and then it's. For me, a lot of a lot of my characters, like I said earlier, it, it revolves around the breathing of the character. So I use that as as my motivation. But it's so cool to to say I got the regeneration scene. You know, having the regeneration scene for me was like, oh, I've got the best scene in the movie because I'm not dead. I'm coming back. And then for that to translate into the Kevin thing, and then to also get the after credit scene. Sorry, Alan, the left yeah. head is the best head. Well, you had the most going on throughout the entire film. You had you had a character arc, if you will. <laughs> Take that, <laughs> Alan. However, I have to say that Alan takes full responsibility for telling me to keep pestering you. When I messaged you back in July, I said, I'm not sure he's, he's biting you. He's like, keep doing it. He will give in. And here I am, a healthy fan six months later. I see myself as Thanos with like slowly picking off, you know, the, the various actors. It's like two down, one to go. I am. I'll, full... Jason. I'll get Jason on here for you. There we oh, go. cheers. Yeah, th- th- this, this is a healthy addiction I've got going on. I am <laughs> conscious of timing, gentlemen. And true to our family roots, we do have smaller people that are requesting... Uh, hosts back to their parenting duties if nothing else show your support please by going on t republic king jadora kevin t-shirt do that joe if nothing else if nothing else i'm going to echo something that i started this podcast with your passion like everybody here that we've been speaking i mean all of us we've been talking tonight the passion is infectious it's the different stories it's the fun that you have doing what you do and doing what you do and like seeing the things and enjoying them and pass those along to like other people, like open them up to new and interesting things like Godzilla, you know, like that, that's a fun thing. This movie, I've learned things about video games now that I think, Oh wow, that's really interesting. You like, you don't necessarily hear about all the art that goes behind it. You hear about like the levels and how hard they are. Mm. But um, yeah, just take some time, invest in like maybe a friendship or something and to show them something new that you're passionate about like motion capture for me like 
since we've had you guys on the show, I've learned so much and it really is an interesting field and there is so much that you can glean from just like listening and reading the experiences of the people that are working in that industry. It sounds so fun and it has to be so interesting from so many different perspectives. So, you know, like, like I said, expose people to that, but at the same time, like pay attention to it in the films and video games that you watch because there's a story behind every character. This has opened the door for us and to be able to share it and things like that. I mean, if you take a even even if you watch Alita Battle Angel, the the mocap that went behind that performance capture is is pretty amazing too. You know, every the Andy Serkis uh, Planet of the Apes series, amazing. You know, mm. so yeah. that, oh, that they are, I, they are stunning films. Stunning. I use those as part of my teaching and education. And Paul, if nothing else, um, I'm kind of echo what. Joe said, uh, from from today's discussion, I now have a whole new appreciation, and so I think if any of our listeners are playing Uncharted or God of War, just think of the amount of effort that um, people mm. like Richard have, have put mm. in when you shoot someone or, or hit them with an axe, the, the amount of pain that you've suffered for our Most enjoyment. definitely, I think. Go on, um, Left 4 Dead 2. You had fun, but it's crazy. Um, Crack out your copy of still... Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah, yeah, dig out oh, Left Get your copy of Left 4 Dead 2 but, uh, and shout OK Boomer as you shoot a boomer. That is your plan for the evening. How has that not been made as a meme? I'm, I'm, I'm baffled. You know. As our incredibly important guest, Richard, if nothing else, what can you recommend to our listeners? Play um, Borderlands 3, you know, and watch those cinematics. Cool. That's that's my, my latest and greatest, other than these new projects I can't really talk about. But I, mm-hmm. you know what? I'll come back and I'll let you guys know as soon as I my NDA gets lifted on what I worked on, because there are two big oh. movies that will have motion capture in it that you probably won't even know that okay. I was a part of. So that, that I'll, I'll let you know. Well, thank you for that. And I hope very much that at some point in the future, you do come back on Kaiju Curry House to dine with us. It has been a, a true honor to um, chat about all manner of things. Um, Joe is nodding enthusiastically. Joe has a very tired little person his own mini kaiju there who needs to go to bed. So I'm going to sign off. Thank you very much, everyone. So thank you for having me. And you know what? Guess what? I made a big mistake here. Aaron Dwyer is one of my art fans who sent me stuff, but the uh, Kevin t-shirt was actually uh, drawn by Michael J. Larson. Michael Michael J. Larson. Larson at Twitter. And if you look, go to T public, it's dang it, Kevin you know, t-shirt, but um, I'm, I'm sorry I messed that up, but but Michael Look, you, did that. But. You have properly credited that, so that's wonderful. Thank you very much, everyone. Keep it kaiju. Kaiju Curry House is part of the Heroes Podcast Network and produced by UK Kaiju. You can follow us at UK Kaiju on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or find us at heroespodcasts.com. Please consider subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, or tons of other podcast services. Thank you very much. Yeah, your audio's gone, Alex. He's Uh-oh. he's he's swearing in Northern right now. So there there is kind of a gag thing. There's uh, in the South you have uh, London and. Uh, all of the cultural stuff that goes on there. And on my western end of the south of England, you just kind of have the farmers and whatnot. The Midlands is like a post-industrial hell. And then up north, you get folks like Alex, who are just, they're special. <laughs> oh. He is special. He is. And he's recording the call. But...
we can't hear him in, so that's fantastic. Can you hear us? Nod up and down if you can hear. Okay, he can hear us. <laughs> okay, yeah, so he can and hear us. He's heard all the northern comments. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> he's heard. Oh yeah, he's heard all the abuse. <laughs> Go find yourself a pork pie, Alex. Go to a Greg's. Joe, I went. I went to a Greg's today, and I thought of Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch and you could save an average of $470 on your auto insurance. That's a lot of money in just a few minutes. With savings like that, you could be lounging on an impractical amount of ornate and overpriced throw pillows you bought for your couch. But you won't, because you're better with money than that. That's why you're calling us in the first place. Call 1-888-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Based on average nationwide annual savings survey data, July to December 2020. Underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance. Exchanges are affiliate. Products not available in every state. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So, three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24-monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com.